And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Called Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend. Uh, got a chance to go to church, spend some time with family and friends and relax a little bit, rest up a little bit. For those of you who work a Monday through Friday work week, got a chance to get ready for the coming week. I had a wonderful weekend. And, uh, you know, one of the, the I suppose you could say the downside <laughs> of being of being a friend of mine is that when things happen to you, you're liable to hear about them on the radio. <laughs> and of course, I'm only talking about good things, folks. Of course, I would never come on the radio and reveal a confidence or or say something that I think would be harmful to someone. But one of the great things that happened to me this weekend was I got to attend the wedding of Daniel and Christy Bradshaw. Uh, Daniel's been a friend of mine. I kind of call him an adopted son. He started working for me, I think, in one of my campaigns when he was about 20 years old. And he's just gotten married. And I know that that's been something that he's been believing God for. Godly young man, married a godly young woman, Christy. And I just want to congratulate them. Uh, saw a lot of old friends at the wedding that I haven't seen in a while. So it was it was just wonderful. And we we just blessed them. You know, marriage is still alive and well, no matter what the left tries to do to it. Uh, and this wonderful couple I know is looking ahead to a great life together because they put God at the center of their lives. It was a godly wedding. Very, I mean, really Christ centered wedding. And I just I just loved that. I reveled in it and really enjoyed it. And in fact, we got to go to a place and folks, folks, I have no uh, no particular um, interest other than I was just fascinated to be there. Uh, it was it was at a lodge. Um, I think it's called the um, the Lydia Mountain Lodge in, uh, in Mountain Laurel Pass up in Standardsville, Virginia. I'd never been there before. Wonderful place. And here again, I'm not I'm not doing an ad for them or anything, but but it just really was a wonderful place. They got married on a balcony that overlooked the mountains and it was just gorgeous. So so just had a wonderful time there. So. Uh, Daniel, if you and Christy are mad at me for talking about you on the radio, um, you know, you, you can write me a letter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I know Daniel will appreciate it. Uh, have nothing but love and affection for that young man and, and now his, his new wife. Um, the, I, I also got a chance for all my North Carolina friends uh, to visit with Pastor Dean Hunter of Central Baptist Church in Kannapolis, North Carolina. I was with him. Yesterday, had a wonderful time. They're just a great congregation and great people. They love God. They love this country. And you know, there's nothing more gratifying than, than talking to a bunch of Christians who, who know and love God, but also understand that America is a great gift from Almighty God and, and honor their responsibility to do what they can to see to it that this nation is preserved as the land of the free and the home of the brave, a nation whose God is the Lord. So, uh, Pastor Dean, uh, God bless you, brother, and just keep up the good work down there. And I want to encourage all of you pastors, by the way, 
who listen to me. And, you know, we may not have uh, 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 an ongoing connection, but I'd love to have one with you. Stan does have a ministerial arm. We call it Ministers Taking a Stand. It's like we got a youth arm now, youth taking a stand. If you want to get involved with us, uh, just just email me. I'm using EWJackson at EWJackson.com. So, I mean, that's simple. It's easy to remember, easy to, to use. EWJackson at EWJackson.com. Email me. Say, hey, I'm a pastor. I'm a minister. I'd like to like to help you, like to support you, like to like to get you come preach for me, like to whatever's on your mind, however you feel the Lord is leading you. And I would be happy to to uh, to do whatever I can to be an encouragement and to be a blessing to you. Uh, Well, folks, I also want to remind you that we are counting down the days now, only five more days to National Collection, the final day of National Collection for Operation Christmas Child, which is November the 22nd. And, you know, this is something that's near and dear to our hearts here at American Family Radio. I mean, this this is an opportunity for us to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out around the world. And, you know, Jesus did say, go into all the world. He didn't just say, go into America. We want to do that, too, obviously. And that's what American Family Radio does. But he also commanded us, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And this local shoebox operation is an opportunity to do that. We call it Operation Christmas Child. But look, it's a local ministry. Your church, in fact, uh, when I was at uh, Central Baptist Church, uh, they had collected, I I won't even get into amounts, but I mean, they, they had really gotten a lot of support for Operation Christmas Child, and they were encouraging people to, to do more um, so that they could really have a great showing for all the young people who will be reached. Now, remember, you can use the standard shoe size box. You have to drop it off, though, the third week of November. What what they were doing, he was allowing people to drop their shoebox off at the church, and then the church was going to be either responsible for getting it wherever it needed to go or would be a pickup station. Your church may do something differently. But look, you can go to the website, SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC, and you can find out what your drop-off location is. If your church is not participating as a church in the program, uh, you can drop it off wherever they indicate is closest to you, uh, it's a little late for this now, but, you know, people do sometimes uh, send away for, um, you know, a specialized, a pre-printed shoebox that uh, Samaritan's Purse offers. But but now we're down to what, uh, well, so we still got seven days. We still got a week, so it might be possible. But anyway, but folks, get your shoebox, fill it up, and here again, you know what to put in it. Hygiene items, toys, school supplies. Um, stuffed animals, a soccer ball, you know, make sure you include a pump if you can so that they can be blown up. Uh, but, but clothing, you know, anything that you think will be a blessing to a child who needs it. All right. I'm E.W. Jackson and you're listening to The Awakening here on American Family Radio. And do we have plenty to talk about today? When we finally get to calls, there's something that we haven't talked much about. Now, I do really want to hear what you all are thinking. And what's a, a really gotten me worked up about this is, have you hear, heard the responses that we're getting from this administration and their representatives about inflation? I mean, it, it has just been downright insulting to the American people. First of all, Biden suggested that the inflation is being caused and the supply chain, chain, chain problems are being caused by people sitting at home and just ordering online and, 
And you know, you buy less stuff. What? You know, sometimes you wonder, they ought to play back to these people how they sound so they can hear how stupid they sound. I mean, because I think they must not have any clue because I don't think any normal human being wants to sound stupid. But it's almost if they're as if they're working at it. They're trying to figure out, let's see, what's the stupidest thing I can say? Oh, yeah, inflation and supply chain problems are being caused by Americans ordering too much stuff online. We've been ordering stuff online now for, what, the last decade? I know it's been accelerating, but please, are you kidding me? And that's what got, has ships all backed up in harbors all over this nation? I don't think so. But that's what we're being told. Um, here's an, a Democrat, uh, an MSNBC Democrat, says um, that inflation is not a big problem because people can afford it. Oh, yeah, people have plenty of money. They can afford the... In Folks, inflation is at the highest level it's been in 30 years. And, and they, they're just dismissing it. No big deal. Oh, and Donna Brazile? You know, you just have to learn to shop smart. That's all. No big deal. Just learn to shop smart. I want to know, are any of these explanations moving you all, persuasive to you all? When we start talking and taking your calls, I want to know. Back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. A study by the Manhattan Institute explains why it is so hard for middle-class families to make ends meet. The author, Oren Cass, distilled his research down to a Twitter post. In 1985, he said, the typical male worker could cover a family of four's major expenditures, housing, health care, transportation, education, on 30 weeks' salary. By 2018, it took 53 weeks, which is a problem there being 52 weeks in a year. Christopher Ingram wrote about this in the Washington Post, saying this chart is the best explanation of middle-class finances you will ever see. The chart shows the annual expenses for a family of four and plots on top of that the median male income. The margin between income and expenses gets smaller each year until the annual household expenses exceed the median male income. The chart in the report helps to explain why families feel the financial pinch. The cost of basic necessities has increased faster than male income. Until recently, we have had a booming economy with a record-setting stock market. But many families are still struggling to bring in enough income to cover housing, health care, transportation, and education. The research focuses on male earnings because historically men were responsible for providing for their families. In the past, they were often the sole breadwinners. Today, they're seen as the primary providers for their family. Warren Cass concludes that the typical male worker a generation ago could be confident in his ability to provide for his family not only the basics of food, clothing, and shelter, but also the middle-class essentials of a comfortable house, a car, health care, and education. Now he cannot. That is why it has become more and more difficult for families to make ends meet. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Critical Race Theory, go to viewpoints.info slash CRT. On American Family Radio, hi, I'm Barry McGuire. I'm a layman here to remind you that face sharing is a barometer for your spiritual health. There's a lot of talk these days about empowerment. 
It's the buzzword of our culture. But did you know if you're a Christian, you are empowered? God has commissioned you, empowered you to bring the good news of the gospel to everyone you be. In a nutshell, here it is. It's called the Great Commission from Matthew 28, 16. Jesus said it because some doubted his authority. So he left no doubt in their mind. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Wow, talk about empowerment. You have what the world is desperate for, and you keep that just for yourself? Most people don't know God loves them because Christians have stopped telling them. And how are they going to know unless we do? Unless you do. Get help sharing your faith at IgniteAmerica.com. When you die, are you going to heaven or not? You can know for sure. Heaven or not. Dot net. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Folks, I want to remind you all that every Tuesday at 12 noon p.m. Eastern time, 12 noon p.m., that's, forgive me, that's redundant, but 12 noon Eastern time, I have something called the National Awakening Coalition Conference Call. People call in from all over the country, literally. I mean, so we get calls everywhere from California to, I think we've even gotten a call or two from Alaska. Um, I think the one place I don't think we've gotten a call is from Hawaii, but you know, Hawaii's kind of out there in more ways than one. But tomorrow, my guest is George Barna. Now, George Barna is a, a researcher extraordinaire and a pollster who really has his pulse on where the culture is. So it can be, a, it, it, this is going to be a very enlightening call. Uh, last week we had Peter Navarro on, and, uh, so, and, and he was very, very powerful. And then we, we haven't had him on the air yet, but we're going to have Peter Navarro on as a guest on the program as well. But be sure to tune in that. Go to standamerica.us, standamerica.us, and you'll see the telephone number for the NAC call, the National Awakening call. And just, just dial that number tomorrow at 12 noon, and you have an, have an opportunity not only to hear him, but you'll have an opportunity to speak to him as well and ask him some questions. I want to prepare you. Some of what you'll hear won't make you happy but it will definitely inform you so that you know exactly where we are and the steps we have to take. You know, I always say, we didn't get here overnight and we're not going to get out of this overnight. But if we are determined and persistent and consistent, uh, we will come out of it. We will turn this country around. I think my estimation is it would take to really see our country come back to a kind of Judeo-Christian foundational society it's probably going to take us about 10 years at a minimum and, and a process that could continue for a generation because what we really need to do is raise up a generation that will begin to populate some of these institutions with more traditional thinkers than we have right now because we have very few in places of influence right now. Everybody's woke. Everybody's leftist. So you'll want to tune into that call tomorrow. I think that it will be very enlightening now, I want to get into something now that I have talked about before, but it's going to lead me somewhere you probably won't and don't expect me to go, but, I, but, but I've got to go here. 
I've been saying to you all that I really believe that what is happening with our young people, uh, what what the left is trying to do to our young people, um, is not is not of course educate them but indoctrinate them, but with a particular view. And the particular view is the worldview is in part at least. I mean, it's, it's obviously they want to turn them into, they want to turn them into Marxists. Obviously they want to turn them into little mini revolutionaries and all that. But I think they also want to sexually exploit them. Let me say that again. I really believe that the left wants to put our young people in a position where they can be sexually exploited. You know, I said before, folks, what normal adult wants to talk to a kindergartner or a preschooler about sex? What normal person does that? No normal person not only does it, no normal person wants to do it. Normal people find that abhorrent. And yet, and yet, it seems our whole system is dedicated to this principle. Lieutenant Governor Martin uh, Robinson of North Carolina has offended people by showing some of the materials that are being taught and made available to our, our kindergartners, elementary school children, and it is absolutely pornographic. Now, they do it with cartoon illustrations, but what's the difference? What's the difference? But I've been saying that there is a spirit of pedophilia behind this, a desire to recruit, to exploit the young. See, because look, folks, let, let's just be stark about this. Once you say that there are no absolute moral rules given to us by Almighty God, then who says there are any rules? I mean, where do, where do the rules come from? As the Bible says at the end of the book of Judges, every man becomes a law unto himself and every woman. And we know that in ancient Greek history, um, the, the exploitation of young boys, and by the way, I, I read you all some materials that indicate that in some Muslim cultures, it's the same way. The exploitation of young boys is considered to be a badge of, of elite status that you can afford to have a young boy at your sexual disposal. And this stuff is sick. And many of these were considered to be intelligent, well-educated people, but they were morally depraved. Because once you turn your back on the rules that God gives us, you will descend into the pit. You say, well, I, I know people who don't believe in God and they don't, yeah, but so what stops them? What stops them from de descending into the pit? They certainly can't come to you and argue, well, I know that this is inherently right and this is inherently wrong. Well, says who? You reject God, says who? Well, we've got a professor at Old Dominion University, and that's right here in the local area in Norfolk. See, I've been saying they're looking to mainstream this. They are looking to mainstream it. They just, right now, they're just hinting. You see an article here and there. You'll see an article in Salon Magazine. You might see an article in the American Psychological Association. You might, you know, here and there, you'll see a little something. They're dropping little hints. What they're doing is they're, they're floating trial balloons. They're trying to see who can they get to go along with this. And the theory is this. Um... 
and I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll put my hands on the article here in a second, but the theory is this. Well, pedophilia is just another sexual orientation. In fact, this is what this professor at Old Dominion University says. It is wrong to stigmatize someone because they happen to be attracted inappropriately to children. Yeah, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. There we go. You shouldn't do that. That's wrong. They shouldn't be stigmatized. Because basically, there's nothing wrong with that attraction. No, there's something very wrong with that attraction. There's something sick and broken in a person with that kind of attraction. But this is a professor at Old Dominion University, Allen, A-L-L-Y-N, Walker, assistant professor at Old Dominion University. He calls himself a queer rather than a transgender, but he's an androgynous looking person and I, I don't know whether the guy is a man or a woman. See, I get confused with the whole transgender thing. Is it a guy becoming a girl, trying to be a girl, or a girl trying to be a guy? I don't know. But So I don't know what this guy is. You know somebody got in trouble for calling, um, what was it, Secretary of Human Services, um, calling him a guy. Well, he is a guy. He is a guy. Bruce Jenner is still a guy. I mean, they're men. I mean, who are we kidding? I told you this guy, I don't follow him, but Chappelle uh, has been in the news because, of course, the homosexual and transgender community have been attacking him. He's apparently still making money, doing quite well. But I didn't realize the controversial statement that he made that caused the original uproar was gender is a fact. Wow. No wonder he got into such trouble saying something that outlandish, that radical, that crazy, that gender is a fact. You can't say that's hard. That's what he got in trouble for. Well, well, this guy, he won't get into any trouble with anybody except people like me and you. But he says um, it's important to do away with the term, not terminology of pedophilia. Don't don't use that word. He says, because um, it stigmatizes people. With ch- This is a mainstream university professor, folks. I'm not talking about some, some LGBTQ activist somewhere who nobody, I mean, you know, just some crazy who, who wrote something and post. Now, this is a mainstream university, Old Dominion University, and this is a professor at Old Dominion University. And he's saying you shouldn't use the word pedophilia because it stigmatizes their attraction. He says you should call them maps. And maps means minor attracted person. Yeah, a map. They're a map now. Because you want to get rid of the stigma. And, uh, and, and, and they shouldn't be punished. And he go, gets into this whole issue of well, if they don't touch or abuse children, they haven't done anything wrong. No, they've still done something wrong. Jesus said, you look at a woman and desire in your heart. He said, you committed adultery already. If you're married and you're looking at some other woman, he said, Jesus said, as far as I'm concerned, you've committed adultery. But here we're being told just because they, they have this inappropriate attraction to children, it's not a, that's not a big deal. Don't stigmatize that. 
I'm telling you folks, this stuff is going to be the death of this nation if we don't get a handle on it. Because it is poison in the body politic. And of course, anybody who doesn't go along with this, of course, you know, he says that, you know, we are the perverted persons. Yeah, anybody who doesn't subscribe to this, there's something wrong with you. Nothing wrong with him, something wrong with you. I'm, I'm assuming that this guy is a pedophile and this is his justification for it. Back in a moment. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. Have you heard about the new preacher who was attending vacation Bible school at the church? It was the day after the preacher had moved in, and he was going to each of the classes in order to get acquainted with the children. In one class of youngsters, he decided to test their Bible knowledge. He looked at one young boy and asked him a question. Johnny, do you know who knocked down the walls of Jericho? The youngster, taken by surprise at the question, shot back his reply. It sure wasn't me, preacher. I ain't touched them. <laughs> well, the new preacher, wishing to discuss the boy's reply with the teacher, turned to speak. But before he could say a word, the teacher was already talking. Now, now preacher, Johnny is a good boy. And if he said he didn't do it, then I can promise you he did not do it. There was a pause. Then the teacher addressed the other students in the class. Did any of you children knock down the walls of Jericho? One after another, they replied that they did not do it. The preacher was so upset that he turned and walked out of the room. On Sunday night, he had a call meeting with the church and their board to discuss the situation. He reported the incident to the board and asked what they intended to do about it. After a moment of silence, the chairman of the board spoke. Preacher, we see no point in making a big issue out of this matter. The board will pay for the damages and charge it off to vandalism. <laughs> and the tale goes that the preacher fainted then and there. Well, the person who isn't familiar with the Scriptures has shortchanged himself. For the Scriptures do indeed contain the world's greatest source of inspiration and help. A person not versed in Scripture has no knowledge of verses such as this one. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. Neither would that person be able to gain strength from a verse such as this. Cast your burden on the Lord, and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. If a person is mentally and physically tired and has no knowledge of Scripture, he would miss a true source of help in this verse. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The person seeking forgiveness and without knowledge of Scripture would be without this verse. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. The Bible is a very important book with immeasurable wealth. 
for those who are willing to familiarize themselves with it. Henry Ward Beecher once said, The Bible is God's chart for you to steer by, to keep you from the bottom of the sea, and to show you where the harbor is, and how to reach it without running on rocks and bars. John Greenleaf Whittier put it in a poem entitled Miriam. It goes like this. We search the world for truth. We call the good, the pure, the beautiful, from all old flower fields to the soul. And weary seekers of the best, we come back laden from our quest to find that all the sages said is in the book our mothers read. Do yourself a favor. Acquaint yourself with the scriptures. By the way, who did knock down the walls of Jericho? This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Now, folks, I I know this stuff is ugly. And, you know, I'd really rather not talk about it. But I have to because you have to know what is really going on. And, and also, for you to understand what I've said in the past, this is where they're really going. Whenever I see the evidence of that, I have to let you know that so that you realize it's not me coming up with some kind of wild conspiracy theory. It's what's actually happening. I mean, and I'm not being prophetic in saying that. I mean, but anybody can read the handwriting on the wall. You can see where they're going when you pick up these articles pushing pedophilia Here's what this guy says. And by the way, the number is 888-589-8840. And believe it or not, this is not my main topic. I really want to go somewhere else with regard to this, but I've gotten into this. so I want to fill this out a little bit more. Uh, this, this guy over at Old, this professor at Old Dominion University says um, about himself, he says, uh, um, I am not, oh, let me find that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious, I lose my place on that. But he he says, basically, he's not one of these people who is into this. But, oh, here we go. Here we go. He says, although I'm not a map, a minor attracted person, says I am queer. And so I have to, so I too have been through experiences and realized that I have attractions many people wouldn't understand and that some people find to be immoral. And those experiences have really shaped who I've become. And so I sort of empathize with those experiences, and I wanted to learn more. Now, folks, my opinion, he's lying. He's a pedophile. I mean, he's talking about these experiences that he's had and these attractions that others would find immoral and and it's shaped who he is and he wants to learn more and he empathize give me a break this is the guy who if this continues it's this trend continues who a few years from now be coming out as a straight-up pedophile but look one more thing a woman no relation to me named candace jackson who is an attorney a she claimed self-proclaimed attorney and lesbian says the following. And you, man, that, that this is about, folks, this is about as explicit as it gets. She says, there is a queer push for society to embrace pedophilia, bestiality, paraphilia, 
and fetishes. I don't even know what paraphilia is, but she says there is a queer push for society. This is another lawyer. This is a lawyer, Candace Jackson. I don't know who she is, but she's a self-proclaimed lesbian who's living with her lesbian whatever. And they had their, their raising two children, sad for those children. But she says there's a queer push for society to embrace pedophilia, bestiality, and paraphilia. Now, folks, years ago, and even now, you, you associate homosexuality with this. And people, oh, no, see, that you, you, now you've gone off the deep end. You're going too far. But I've just quoted you a university professor at a mainstream university touting it and saying that we have to destigmatize it and that we have to not marginalize it and not call it pedophilia, but call it MAP, minor attracted persons, and that he's interested in exploring these experiences and learning more. I mean, and if he were to come out against critical race theory, he'd be fired. If he were to say something like what Chappelle said, gender is a fact, he'd be fired. But he can, effect, in effect, support pedophilia and his position is secure. What does that tell you about where the culture is? Now, here's where I was getting to. The number is 888-589-8840. I'm going to try to get your calls in. Ronna McDaniel, chairman of the Republican Party, has now decided that she's going to reach out to the LGBTQ community in the Republican Party, the Log Cabin Club. I think I mentioned to you all one time before that she praised, she offered, wanted to offer her congratulations on Gay Pride Month and all this and folks, here, here is what I want to say. If, if Ronna McDaniel, chairman of the Republican Party, doesn't see the handwriting on the wall and can't see the degradation and the depravity and the, uh, the attempts to recruit and inculcate our children with this mess and doesn't see the anger and anguish of parents all over this country about what their children are being taught and how this so-called LGBTQ curriculum has found its way into our public institutions. And she wants to work with homosexuality and work with homosexuals to help advance their agenda and what they think is important for the country. She needs to leave. She needs to resign. We don't need her as chairman of the Republican Party. And by the way, folks, I want to say that because here again, as I've said before, I'm... I, I am not, I don't worship the Republican Party. I think too many people worship the Democrat Party. I don't worship either one. So to me, it's about principles. It's not about the party. And if, if a party leaves my principles, then I no longer associate myself with the party. She better get her act together and go off and go somewhere and, and, and you know, commune with God or do something because she's way off the mark here. This is not what we need. And, and here's the thing. I can't get her to pay any attention to all the minorities out there who hold conservative values and the Republican Party should be reaching out to and saying, hey, we agree with you. We want to protect your children. We want, to, we want your children to have a right to get a good education. We want you to be able to get a good job and be able to be an entrepreneur and not, not be dependent on the government. We want you to have the very best life America offers. Instead of offering that, she's out courting the homosexuals. Well, as you can see, I'm not too happy about it. And nobody who's a Republican should be. 
because it's a violation of our platform. And you would think to me, it's like sticking your thumb in the eye of all these parents who've had it with this mess. Here's a man whose daughter just got raped when they sent his daughter, sent this guy wearing a skirt or something into the restroom. He rapes the girl. And, and this is what the LGBT community supports. Maybe not the rape, maybe not the rape, but certainly everybody just, no, come on, let's not make, gender's not real. And then you want to embrace that? Uh, you know, 888-589-8840. She needs to go. She needs to resign and move on and get somebody in there who has traditional values and traditional views about these matters because I think that's where the overwhelming majority of Republicans are. That's in part why they are Republicans. If she wants to change the Republican Party, then she needs to go work for the Democrats. 888-589-8840. Let me see if I can get one or two in here before we have to go to a break. Let's go to Steve in Oklahoma. Steve, welcome. Hello. Thank you. Hey, Steve. Uh, say, uh, I got a new uh, term for the president of the United States. It's called DOTUS, dictator of the United States. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then if he's so worried about the uh, supply chain, then he had not to be sending all these illegal immigrants all over, you know, to raise the demand of anything, everything beginning with gasoline and diesel fuel that it takes to, you know, move them all over. And then, wow. and then my question is: Is what about the the shipping ports? Uh, did 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 the Chinese uh, get control of one or two of those? And also uh, the uh, Arab immigrants or Arab uh, whatever that name of that place is over there. And All right, Steve. The, uh, got it, Steve. Got to take a break. Thank you for the call. I got you in. Um, look, my understanding is that they bought one port. And, and, and you all have heard me say uh, uh, there should be a national security block against China buying anything in the United States of America. And I mean that, buying anything. You want to come shop at Walmart? Fine, go ahead. But uh, buying properties, buying businesses, buying our meat plants. They own meat plant, not, not uh, I don't know, 15 miles from me. One of the biggest meat plants in the country. China owns it. They supply our medical supplies. Oh, but we have to remember, Steve, the problem with the supply chain is you and I sitting home ordering too much stuff online. Oh, sorry about that. Back in a moment. In his image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Hannah's Heart, a half-hour program specifically designed to encourage Christian couples walking through infertility and miscarriage. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome, mm-hmm. but this is a show that says however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White each Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. You can find the podcast at AFR.net. 
The following are real life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. And it's the, the hours right before his crucifixion. And he's hanging out with the disciples, you know, his closest companions. And you think, golly, what does he want to say? This is Focus on the Family Minute. And Jody Burnt shares a powerful thing that Jesus said about prayer. You know, what would we say to, to, to our closest friends if we knew our time was short? And you think all mm. the stuff he could have talked about. You know, he could have talked about evangelism. He could have talked about how to preach a really great three-point sermon. He could have talked about feeding 5,000 people again. You know, let's go over that one again, because that seems very useful. But he doesn't. He really drills down in those last words on prayer. And he says, and I think this is one of the most remarkable promises in all of Scripture. He says, if you remain in me, or if you abide in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. God wants to connect with you through prayer. Hear more from Jody today at FamilyMinute.org. Back to The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. 888-589-8840 is the number. We're taking your calls. Uh, By the way, folks, a doctor has filed lawsuit here in my area against Centera Hospital because he said he watched patients die while the hospital refused to allow him to prescribe ivermectin. He said, and he knew that it would help them. There's been enough evidence of this. And if people are dying, you would think that the hospital and the government would say, look, it it was President Trump who uh, coined the principle, I think, you know, right to try. In other words, if you're dying, why not try something that could save your life? Because if it doesn't work, you're certainly no worse off. But he has had it. He says that he's watched patients die and could not fulfill his Hippocratic oath to those patients because the hospital wouldn't allow him to. And he's now suing the hospital. Uh, This is uh, Dr. Paul Merrick. Um, Say he's now suing the hospital and, and suing not only in his behalf, but in behalf of the patients who died as a result of his inability to to um, to prescribe ivermectin. So. Now, I remember hearing people when they talked about ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, you'll die, you're going to die. Well, if the, if the disease is so deadly, why wouldn't you try something that could help you? And ivermectin, by the way, is not horse medicine. I mean, that's ridiculous. It, it, is, it has been tested and used in humans repeatedly. There is a dosage that is prescribed for animals, but it has nothing to do with that. Animals get a lot of the same stuff that we get. They get antibiotics just like we do, but their doses are different. 
And sometimes the makeup of those drugs are different. But, you know, that the slandering it that way, which is what Saturday Night, uh, Saturday Night Live did, it, it's just... It's just stupid stuff by people who just don't have an argument. They don't have anything intelligent to say. So that's a way of trying to persuade everybody not to go along with something when evidence demonstrates that it could be helpful and where people, again, are dying. Logic would suggest, well, how can it hurt to try something that is purported to help? And particularly if the patient wants to try that. 888-589-8840 is the number. Got a lot going on here. Let's come back to your calls. Let's go to Nelson in Texas. Nelson, welcome. Hi. Uh, Yes, I am very, very concerned about the disintegration of our culture. And um, Mm. I want to point out that when Exodus occurred, they put the blood on the doorpost. And then they went to the sea, and there were plagues before that happened. That is a picture of a birth. And Mm. the death and resurrection of Christ is a picture of marriage and conception. And I found these pictures by collecting and submitting to more of the Bible than I was taught. Um, You know, the... Passover is the 14th day, and uh, normally, so and the, the veil of Temple Rind that makes it the picture of a, the blood of a virgin. And hey man, the Nelson, 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 let me let me thank you, Nelson, for the call, brother. You're you those are great theological points, uh, but I think we we get we get your basic message, Nelson, and you you are absolutely right. Look. The Word of God affirms life as God designed it, and you will find that again and again. And what these people are trying to do, what the left is trying to do, is is pervert that and subvert it and substitute something else, which is nothing but a picture of death. Thank you for the call, Nelson. Let's go to, let's see, let's go to John in Virginia. John, welcome. Thank you, Reverend Jackson, for taking my call. Thank you for all you do to broadcast the truth. Thank I'm you, just concerned. I, I don't understand why pedophilia and bestiality, are they not still crimes in America today? Why aren't these people being convicted and sent to jail instead of being uh, raised up and praised by our institutions of higher learning? And the, the other thing, the ivermectin, we learned through uh, information received just this week that it's still available in France over the counter to combat the disease of lice, head lice. It's just unreal what these people wow. have done trying to eliminate a cure for the COVID. Thank you, Dr. Jackson. Thank for you. you Thank you. Thank you, John. Really appreciate it. Yeah, ivermectin uh, has been used to treat worms and I understand lice and other things. I I haven't seen anything that suggests that it's potentially harmful to a human being. And once again, if it can help save a life, if it can help with, we had uh, uh, Peter McCullough on and he was saying just that very thing, that there are no treatment protocols. Everything is the vaccine, the vaccine, the vaccine, the vaccine. Now it's the booster, the booster, the booster, the booster. 
but what we're finding out is we were lied to from the very beginning because they told us that you would be immune from the disease. And now we see again and again and again people who've been fully vaccinated getting COVID again. So, yeah, it, it, this, this stuff is, is, is a real scam, but it's a very deadly one, too. Let's go to James in Alabama. James, welcome. How you doing, Brother Jackson? I'm doing great, but James, how are you? Well, I'm doing good. I looked up, you know, you said you didn't know what paraphilia meant, so I looked it up, and it's the, the fantasies about adults, children, and inanimate objects. Oh, my goodness gracious. And, you know, I want to know, <laughs> Jesus tells us to love these people, and I find that really hard to do as a father of two daughters. So I want to know what's wrong with me if my fist is attracted to their face. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, James. You got it out, James. Thanks for the call. <laughs> oh, brother. Okay. I, I, I'm going to take that as a little joke by James because you all know that we don't promote violence on this program or on this network. Um, I can understand the anger, but I would direct the anger at the institutions and the groups that are promoting this stuff. Because as I've said, I make a distinction between the individual homosexual who may be struggling with it, um, who may just want to be left alone, just to, to live his or her life the way they choose. I, I, I love that person. I pray for that person. I want that person to be delivered. But then there are those who've gotten together and really, in my view, conspired to subvert the culture and transform it. And, and those people and the institutions that they represent have got to be combated and ultimately destroyed because it's either going to it's, it's either the country or them, either the country or these institutions. Uh, see, you know, look, I am of the view that their sexuality is a private matter. It should be kept private between them and God. And it really and, and in that sense, it's none of our business. I mean, in, a, in just in a human sense, who cares? But when you start trying to change the culture and go after our children and go after our educational institutions, that's when the fight is on, not with fists, but with persuasive arguments at the ballot box and in letting these institutions know, like the parents have been doing all across the country, that they will be held accountable. So thank you for the call. Forgive my laughter, but, you know, just this little because I, I thought that that's yeah, I, I, I'm going to take that as a joke and uh and we will move on from there. Let's go to Richard in Georgia. Richard, welcome. Hey, thank you again for your call, uh, for my call, or accepting my call. One question, or maybe two. Um, I'm calling from Georgia and listen to you every day from 1 to 2 o'clock Eastern time. Um, my question you brought up last week, I think it was, about this new ship yeah. that has been named a Christian or, you know, bottle of wine, whatever it is, you right. know, they crack it open, but it's a, and I think the name was, what, Harvey Milk? Harvey Milk. Harvey Milk, yeah, he was yeah. a homosexual activist, yeah. And, but he's, he was gay. Yeah, I right? say he's a homosexual, he was not only so, quote unquote, gay, I don't tend to use that term, but he was, he was an activist. He yeah. was one of those out front people demanding that everybody right. recognize the normality, the appropriateness, the beauty of homosexuality. So he was out front demanding that homosexuality be normalized. Exactly. My question now is who names these ships? 
Wow, that's that's a very good question, Richard. That's a very good question. Who is who is behind? Because somebody had to approve this. But you know, the deep state is such they are so deep in our society now and in our culture, promoting this view that um, probably there could be any number of people. But, you know, you've raised a good question, Richard. I'm going to see if I can't get that question answered, at least find out what the process is for naming our Navy ships. Uh, Because whoever uh, was responsible for this one uh, ought to be held accountable. So, Richard, yeah, thank you for the call. Uh, Let's go to Brenda in Texas. Brenda, welcome. Hi, thank you, Bishop Jackson. Um, first of all, I'd like to just thank you and um, AFR and ASA for your ministry, and it just um, is just a light in this world, and um, I appreciate it so much. Um, you, I had a, a couple of a couple of quick comments on ivermectin um, or ivermectin in general. Um, so my daughter uh, got COVID. Oh gosh, back several months ago, maybe last year, I can't even remember. But I mean, my our whole family went through our whole family. But uh, fortunately, um, she had a physician that prescribed her ivermectin, and I've been a nurse for over 24 years, and so I'm I'm aware well of you know ivermectin and what it is. I'm also uh, had horses for years and use ivermectin to um, for parasites and things. Uh, Brenda, it oh, looks yes, like we, sir. yes, yes. Sir. Uh, Brenda, you know what, would you call me again? Because I don't think you're going to, I think your testimony was heading for how ivermectin helped you and your family. Uh, and we unfortunately have run out of time, but please call me back again, Brenda. I think the point though is well made. Uh, ivermectin should be available for people who need treatment for COVID and our government and hospitals should not be prohibiting it. It's ridiculous. Thank you for the call, though, Brenda. Brenda from Texas. Folks, that's going to do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow, though. And remember, in the meantime, we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.